Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I was praying during the week, and uh, God just really started pouring this message out. And I think if we really, um, really apply ourselves this morning and understand what he's saying here, it'll really change your life today. And I don't say that lightly. This is a big one that if you get a hold of this, it will literally change your life today. You won't live the same way that you've lived. And you say, well, man, that's a pretty tall order. You're over-promising. I'm really not. This message is that important. So try to understand um, the, the example that Jesus is giving here. If you can understand it, it will change your life, okay? It says, and this is a very common verse, and a lot of you were probably like me. You think, man, I understand that totally. And we just don't understand it, I don't think. I don't think a lot of us understand what I'm about to read. And I know that I didn't. And God gave me a real revelation of it this week. But it says, come to me. It's Jesus speaking. Come to me, all you who are weary. Are we, are we taping? Okay, good. Uh, title of the message is Unburdened Life, Rest for the Soul. Unburdened Life, Rest for the Soul. But come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. This isn't physical he's talking about. He's talking about a rest for your soul. Your soul's tired and worn out. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us rest. Help us, Lord God, rest. Lord, our souls have become weary, Lord God. Help us today, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. There are two really important words here that you need to, um, coming into this analogy, you need to really understand. And that is, Weary and burdened. Those are present participle verbs, which just simply means you are that. You are weary, worn out, and not just burdened. When you look at that original word, that is a word that means overburdened. You have too much burden. You have more burden than you were intended to carry. How many can relate? And this is talking about a soul, because he says, I will give rest to your soul. And so we're talking about an individual, and really start applying this to ourselves. This is an individual that's just worn out in their soul. Their mind is just exhausted. Their mind is worn out. Their mind is stressed beyond belief. And they're overburdened. They can't move forward because there's too much weight on their soul. And I believe that that's a problem that is an epidemic right now around us in our community and in our country and in our world. And I think for the history of time it's been that way. Is we overburden our soul with things that God did not intend us to carry. And we're too overly burdened and we begin to We begin to fall apart under the pressure. We begin to crack. We begin to break. We begin to just fall apart. 
And Jesus is giving us an opportunity to unburden our soul. But in order to unburden our soul, we have to understand what it means to take on the yoke of Christ. He's saying that you're, these people that he's talking to, he says, are wearing a yoke. And if we don't understand what a yoke is, and you say, well, what's a yoke? Is that like what comes out of an egg? No, he's not saying you've got splattered eggs on your head. That's why it's important to understand what he's talking about here. Because you're wearing a yoke, but he says you have to give that one up. In fact, do you remember in the Bible it says that um, he came to break the yoke of the enemy, the yoke of bondage, the yoke of slavery. He came to break it, but then he's asking you to put his yoke on, which is really weird if you think about it. So we've got to understand what's going on here. And here's the problem in our society. We don't farm like they used to. A hundred years ago, this would have made sense. Uh, in fact, David made a reference to it today. He said, uh, what did he say? You're a great team. And he actually used a farming term about uh, harnessing a team of uh, oxen. And, uh, but a hundred years ago, you would have understood this. Most of uh, history, you would have understood this because there weren't tractors. And everybody loves their tractor for a reason because that tractor is so productive and anything that's too heavy for you, you just harness up the old tractor and you can outdo it, right? So a tractor is loved by farmers. A tractor is loved by anybody that's fortunate enough to have one. It's like the greatest thing in the world. But before there were tractors, there were oxen, which is just basically like a cow. And you could have a team of them, and how much ever you needed to pull, whatever the weight or whatever the burden, and that's what you want to remember for your soul. The burden, when it's too much to carry, you have to calculate how many oxen do I need to pull the burden? What do I need to spread it over? How many different oxen do I need to spread this over to help carry this burden? Because it's too much for me. It's too much for one oxen, it's too much for two, it may be too much for three. So how many do I need to pull and, and do the work that I need to have done? And so as we begin to understand this, I want you to understand, I want to start you at first, and I want you to picture yourself as a young calf. So that's hard to do. It's not so hard. If you look, no, I'm just kidding, okay, I'm not going to insult you. I'm going to give the gospel. But in the story, we're like a young calf. And that calf is valuable because everything that needs to be done on that farm is going to depend on the strength of that grown animal. That mature, developed animal is the lifeblood of the farm. You can't plow fields, you can't do almost anything unless you have the strength of the oxen. So you're this young calf. And it says in Jeremiah, let me read it here. Actually, Lamentations, but it says, Blessed is the person who bears the yoke when they are young. So, well, what does that mean? What it means is, blessed is the that learns how to be disciplined when they're young because once they become old and undisciplined, you can't hardly train that calf to do it anymore. And so what it's about is when, when they heard yoke, they understood the yoke meant how do you discipline your life to live for the Lord. And so this young calf 
There is a wrong way to do it, and that's what he's talking about here. They have a yoke on, and this yoke has caused this calf to be under extreme stress and extreme strain. Okay, I want you to picture this calf, and somebody puts a yoke on this calf that's just too much. Okay, he's young, he's still growing, and somebody puts a yoke on him that's meant for a bigger animal. And the weight that's on there is just way too much. And so all this weight has been put on this one calf, and this calf, it says, will pull the cart until he dies. He'll pull it until he actually fractures bones. You can put the weight on the calf, and you can drive that calf, and you can make him, you can break him to that yoke, and he'll pull, and he'll do the work, but if you're not smart in the way you train the calf, you'll destroy the animal. And there's some people that don't have Christ's yoke, and that's what I want to talk about first. The unburdened calf, the overburdened calf, that's what he's talking about in the story. You who are weary and overburdened. You who are really overweary, okay? There is a world that is around us, and if we don't have the yoke of Christ, whatever this yoke is about living life and disciplining our life, if we don't have it, we're going to be an overburdened person. We won't be able to handle the strain of life without His yoke. His yoke is necessary to survive life. Let me give you some of the things that will overburden you. Guilt. I want you to see some of you here, if you don't apply this to your life, you won't realize the kind of weight you've been walking under. You won't realize how heavy your life has gotten. God wants your life to be simple, but you've made it really hard. Ecclesiastes said, God makes life simple, but you've made it complicated. How many think we do that? There's simple things that God wants. Jesus lived a simple life. He had a life that was unburdened. That's why he wants us to learn from him in the scripture. And, and, and guilt, I want you to begin to think about guilt. How does that weigh us down? Well, here's the thing. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We're called to do some really important things that are our responsibility, and some of those things we will succeed at. Some of those really important things, we will fail miserably, even when we try our hardest. How many think that's true? So you can carry the guilt of kids, my bills, my parents. You can, how many have carried guilt around? You carried around for a long time. Well, maybe I'm the only one that has any regrets. And if you don't deal with them the way if you don't have God in your life to deal with guilt and understand, it's a wonderful thing to realize that I'm not perfect. How many have ever struggled from perfectionism? And when you realize it's okay, you're not perfect, let's strive for perfection, but you're going to miss the mark. And if you don't know that, you're going to be strapped down with burdens that God never intended you to have. Let me give you another one. I'm sure none of these will apply to you guys. This is my list, okay? Failure. Failure. How many have ever set out, put your hand to the plow and say, man, I'm going to do this 
for God. You failed. I'm going to do this to change my life, and you failed. And the weight of failure, he said, we don't bother me. We'll wait till your money runs out. And then you'll start blaming everybody else for your failure, and then you'll realize what I told you was true. There is a weight to failure. There's a weight to it, and you can carry it around, and it can make life really hard. How many have ever walked around with the weight of failure on you? Man, I always mess up. I always do it wrong. I always make these mistakes over and over again. I'm no good. And that's a weight that God did not want you to have. God doesn't want you to walk around with that's extra weight. This little calf, do you see how this little calf starting to get strained? Because it's carrying things around that God never intended you to carry. Expectations. There's my expectations for myself. I mean, I've ever strained under those. I expect me to be this. I expect me to be that. I expect to do this. I expect that. I expected to be in a different place in life at this age. I expected things to go better. I expected this. I expected that. I expected this. And that is a weight that God does not want you to carry. God has relief from these things. Then there's the expectations of the people around you. Dad's expectations, mom's expectations, my wife's expectations, my husband's expectations. And you've got expectations that have been placed on you. Some from a very young age. Dad's not going to be around anymore. You feel the weight. You need to be doing better in school. Sometimes we carry weight around of expectations that God, hear me today, God does not want us walking through life with a lot of these weights that we have on our back. His yoke is easy, His burden is light. I hope I'm not the only one that's applied to. I just, I'm a bad dude, I'm sorry. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. How much time do we spend in a day rehashing over and over in our mind how somebody hurt us? Over and over and over. But I was this way to them. I was so good to them and they did this. They did this and they did this. And oh man, look at me. Oh man, nobody had it like I had it. And, and I'm not saying, I'm not belittling it, saying it's not real. It's real. But I'm just saying, what would life be like if we didn't have to live with that weight of unforgiveness? So I can't get rid of it. The Bible says you can forgive and, and move past. I don't want to, I don't, I got a right to be, I got a right to be angry. I got a right to hold it against them. I've got a right not to have a relationship with them. They did this and I can justify why I'm right to do that. Justify me. I don't think Jesus did that. Boy, I'm lucky he didn't hold, uh, hold it against me. I'm not going to forgive you, you know. You know, you said something about me when you were eight years old. And you have no idea how good I was to you, Chad. How could you, how, how dare could you do that depiction of me at the Last Supper with Curtis? Curtis, really? But aren't you glad God doesn't hold it against us? 
And God never intended us to go through life with unforgiveness. Okay, you behind me say no. <laughs> but do you see how that's a weight? Like I'm still mad at when I was a kid. I'm still unforgiving of when I was a kid. And I might be 50 or 60 years old now. How many think that's true? And that unforgiveness is a weight that God doesn't want us to have in our life. The calf is getting strained and cracking at the seams because you won't, you won't forgive. Bitterness. You know what bitterness is? You made me angry and it's still inside. Old-aged anger is bitterness. So somebody made you mad two years ago, and guess what? They're still making you mad two years later. Amazing the power they have on you. Five years later, they're still making you mad. That's bitterness. But you don't know what they did to me. I don't know what they did, and it was probably really bad. But God doesn't want you to have the weight of bitterness and anger. He doesn't want you to have it. He wants you to take a different yoke. That's the yoke of the enemy. That's the yoke of bondage. That's weights being put on your life. And you can only put so much weight on a person's back. You only put so much weight on a person's back and they'll begin to fracture. They'll begin to kill that calf. That calf will pull himself to death because of all the weight that he's accumulated over the years. And God wants that weight to be gone. God wants us to live life light as a feather. That's something. Birds don't laugh. Rage. When anger gets inside of you and it ages, it becomes bitterness. When it finally finds an outlet to get out, it's rage and wrath. That's what anger will do to you. Anger accomplishes nothing. So if I let it stay inside, I'm bitter. If it finds a way out of me and it's been there for a long time, it's rage and wrath. God never intended to have that weight. Anxiety, worry, fear. How many know that's heavy? Anxiety, I'm afraid. I think they say 90% of the things you're afraid of will never happen. And I'd say the other 10% you could probably deal with. But we will be weighted down with anxiety and worry and fear for a good portion of our life and we'll let it weight us down. When Jesus repeatedly says, I don't want you to have that weight on your back. I don't want you to have the cares of the world. It'll choke out the word. I don't want you to have anxiety and the cares of the world in your life at all. He's trying to help us through that. And so what we end up finding out is a simple thing here. What if I could live life without the weights on my soul? Isn't that the question everybody wants to know? What would life be like if I could live without weight on my soul? How many have ever felt the weight on your soul? And what if I could live life without those weights? And that's what he's offering here. Let me Listen to this. Sin is the cause of all of these issues in our life. 
our sins and other people's sins, that is a reality we must face today and every day of our life. I mean, I think that's true. Our sins and the people around us sin is what causes these weights, right? So it's real simple. If I never sin and the people around me never sin, then I'll never have to deal with any of this. And here's what's really interesting. Jesus doesn't approach it that way because that's not reality. Right? How many know that? That's not reality. If you deal with it, like, like so all of a sudden everybody around you is going to stop sinning and hurting you, or you're going to be able to go your whole life and keep the law completely and never sin, if you think that's what's going to happen, if you think this is Jesus' plan, you're mistaken. Because you didn't accept the fact that we sin still, no matter how hard we try, and the people around us will also sin. The answer is found in the commands of God, which is terrible. God gives His loving commandments to us, what's called the law, because God wants us to have less weight on our life. How many know that? God wants us to not be overburdened, but here's the problem. You know the problem? I can't keep the law. And so here's the yoke that he's talking about in this story. It's, we talked about a bunch of yokes of the enemy that were, are put on our neck and we carry the weight around. But this particular story, if you look at the context, there's a certain yoke that he's speaking out against. And that yoke is the yoke of religion. The Pharisees put a yoke on this young calf that was just starting to learn how to pull the weight of the world. Meaning, how do I not have anger, jealousy, fear, rage, bitterness, unforgiveness, expectations, failure, guilt? How do I not have that anymore? I'm a young person seeking God I want God to take this load off of my back. And the Pharisee says, here, wear this yoke. And if you wear this yoke right and you pull it right, you're not going to have any problems. God's going to accept you. And it's religion. Religion is the opposite of what Jesus is offering here. And so they put the yoke on. And let me explain to you what a yoke is. And if you don't understand this, you won't be able to receive the pipe. A yoke is a wooden apparatus. It's a hard wood carved, usually made out of wood. And it's made to distribute the weight of a burden on two animals. Okay, or you can harness them together and have multiple, as many animals as you want. You could put 20 together if you wanted to. But the idea of the harness is, I'm going to make it easier for you. I'm going to make life easier for you because I'm going to harness another one with you, and it's going to help you bear the weight because you can't do it alone. And so the Pharisees come in and they begin to offer a yoke. Scripture here, Luke eleven forty five. Listen to Jesus talking to the Pharisees. Luke eleven forty five says, One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things to us, you are insulting us. Jesus replied, Are you experts in the law? 
Woe to you because you load people down with burdens that they cannot carry, and you yourselves will not lift a finger to help them. You hear what he's saying? You put a yoke on the people saying, Obey all the commandments and you'll be right with God. Because yes, they're right. That's the problem. We don't obey God's commands. So they take a yoke that doesn't even fit their neck, a yoke that they can't bear the burden, and they put that yoke on a new believer's neck, and they say, why can't you carry the load of being perfect? Do you understand what religion does? Religion puts a yoke around your neck and says, go ahead and fulfill the law. And he says, they don't lift a finger to help them lift it. And Jesus is saying that's the opposite of what I'm trying to do. Jesus is trying to help you not have the burdens. He's trying to teach you to not have anger. He's trying to teach you to not have malice. He's trying to teach you to not have fear, worry, anxiety, expectations, guilt, fear. He's trying to do the same thing that they're doing, but he's doing it in a totally opposite way. They're saying fulfill the law, and they put a yoke on their neck that they cannot fulfill. And they're struggling under the weight of religion. And they just can't, they can't cut it. In fact, do you know the weight of their yoke was heavier than their original problems that they were trying to get away from? Do you understand that? There are people that are trying to get away from all the problems. Man, Chad, I'm stressed. I've got financial problems. I can't pay my bills. My, my house payment is due. My car broke down. I, my job is not sure. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I've got anxiety. I've got fear. I've got worry. I, I'm mad all the time. I'm blowing up all the time. I, I just don't know what to do. I'm full of stress and strain. I can't hold up anymore. And then you go to church and they put a yoke on you and say, just don't do anything bad again. And it'll go well with you. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I, my whole life I've been doing it wrong. That's why I'm in the position I'm in. Yeah, wear this yoke and just never do it again. Now you've got a whole new set of guilt. Now you've got a whole new set of problems. Now you've got a whole new helplessness that you didn't have before because now I've felt God and myself. How many have ever been there? How many have seen that in people? You've seen people struggle under the weight of religion because that's not what God... That's not the yoke that God has for you. And so he was telling them, let's read it again. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened down, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he begins to, uh, and let me start with this analogy here. Clearly what God is trying to tell us is, anything that is worthwhile in life to receive from God, He's going to be leading you and guiding you like this man would lead an oxen. I'm telling you, when a farmer had a good group of pulling oxen, there was joy with the farmer and joy with the oxen. Meekness is not weakness. See, God wants us to come and submit our neck and our strength to do what He wants to do in our life and to the people around us. 
God wants you to submit your neck to the yoke because He needs your strength. You say, well, isn't meekness weakness? Isn't when I come to the Lord, I'm giving up all my strength and I'm taking on whatever He wants me to do? No, that's a fallacy. That's not the truth. See, the farmer needs the strength of the oxen because he has to have it to do the work. And as long as that oxen is wild and as long as he can't wear a yoke, we can't get anything done that's important. And in order for God to do what He wants to do in the world around you, in order for God to do what He needs to do in your church, in your family, in your home, in your personal life, God needs you to submit your strength to Him. And that's what obedience, that's what meekness is. Meekness is not that I'm, I'm not strong. Meekness is I'm stronger than I could have ever been because I'm giving my strength to God. Everything that I'm about, everything that I have, all my energy, my talents, my strength, and this is the first place that I really miss out. Because there is one that appears to be yokeless. They say, man, I don't have a yoke on my back. I do what I want to do. I'm going to use all my strength on me. I'm going to spend my whole life doing what I want to do, and I want to use my own strength. And God's saying, you won't be able to handle the burden of that. Life is going to crash down on you so fast. You're going to go through so many things in life. You're going to try to handle it alone, and you're going to look to the left. You're going to look to the right. You're going to look at all these places to relieve the problems that you're causing yourself because you refuse to submit your strength to the Lord. There's a person that appears yokeless, but the Bible says... Their yoke is the yoke of bondage and yoke of the enemy. Then there's the one that has the false yoke. The false yoke is the one that's uh, trying to do it with their own self-righteousness. Trying to still do it in their own strength. Trying to fulfill the carrying of the burden without God because I'm good enough. I'm righteous enough. I'm the one carrying the load. That's wrong. That's a heavy burden to carry. To be righteous in yourself. Second thing is, in order to do this, not only do you have to submit to the yoke, but you have to learn somehow to not only submit your strength, but I've got to learn to hear His voice. Because I've got to learn to look in front of me and see the things that God wants me to do in life, and I've got to be able to move forward and not look to the left, and not look to the right. I've got to learn to be obedient to that voice that God has for me. He said, my sheep know my voice. They know the voice of the shepherd. So the first thing he says is, come to me. Come to me, and I will unburden your life. Well, let me ask you first, where do we go when all the stresses of life begin to attack us? In fact, I looked it up on a psychology, uh, on, on the internet, I started, started Googling, well, what do people do when they're burdened in life and they've got this heavy burden? And you know that one of the sites that I pulled up said, go to Starbucks and get a cup of coffee. Do you see the stress that they're dealing with here? Guilt, shame, all these things in their life, anger, rage, but I'm going to go drink a cup of coffee and it's going to take away all my strength. It's a take a vacation. You understand they're given a lot of temporary things that's not going to help me. It might help me for a moment, 
It might give me a band-aid to stop the bleeding for a moment, but it's not healing my wounds. And so Jesus is going to give us real help. Now, who, who else do we go to? How about this one? I keep it inside. All the stress, all the strain, all the weight, I'm going to internally keep it right there. And then later I'm going to blow up. God doesn't want that. God wants us to address these issues and not keep it inside. Instead of coming to Him, I go to the philosophies of life. You see, Chad, I've got a philosophy. And with this philosophy, I can pull all of the strain and the stress and the weight of life because I have a philosophy. I've read a book. And you know, and there are profitable things you can find sometimes in a book. There are profitable things sometimes somebody will tell you and you can grab a hold of it. But ultimately, if you're not taking his yoke and learning what that is, we're going to talk about it in a minute, you're not going to be able to get rid of the weight. It's the only thing that will take the weight of life away. It's his yoke somehow. I go to people. People. My pastor will tell me exactly the magic words, the incantation. And sometimes you can get advice. I'm not downplaying it totally. But just ask Job how it was with his when the strains of life were on him and his friends came along and they had a few valuable things to say, there were a few sages among the group. But if all you have is my opinion and people's opinions and it's not God's opinion, I can't take the weight of the world away from you. Only his yoke will take the weight of the world away from you. How many know that? People won't. Everybody know that? People won't take away the weight of the world. And sometimes we think people can. We look for saviors among people. Substances. I'm going to hide it or I'm going to cover it up. As long as I'm drinking, I feel pretty good. How about when you're not drinking? Or worse? I don't, you know, I may think that substances are covering the weight of the world up for a lot of people. God didn't call us to do that. It doesn't help your situation. I do nothing. I'm stubborn. Then you'll keep carrying it. And a lot of people, that's their choice. I'm too stubborn to do anything different. I'm like that old animal that'll never wear a yoke. Go to him and take his yoke. Now I want you to think about how dumb that sounds initially until you understand it. I'm tired, I'm weary, I've got the weight of the world on my shoulders. So Jesus says, take off your yoke and put on my yoke. Remember, the yoke is something you choose to carry something. So you're tired, tired of carrying this yoke. Okay, let me give you rest. Take this one off and put this one on. Does that sound unusual? I would, have, I would have maybe wrote it. Take off your yoke, and here's a brand new bed. Here's a vacation for a year or a lifetime. You understand how it's a little unique that he put yoke on there. Take the one yoke off your neck, and let's put another one on. 
So you're taking off the religious one and you're putting on me now. It says, put on my yoke. And you don't really understand that. But this is Jesus not avoiding the issues. Remember I said avoiding the issue would be say that everything just goes away and it's an ignorant bliss for the rest of your life and you're weightless. And I know that's not true and you know that's not true. So Jesus doesn't avoid the issue. He says, I'm going to put a different kind of yoke on you. And we don't understand what he's saying unless we understand how to raise a team of oxen. Now how many here have ever raised a team of oxen? And i got to study training a team of oxen because we don't do it anymore. A farmer would take somebody out to the field and if he were training his young calf to bear burden, here's the first thing he would do, and you got to get this picture. He would take his very best. He would say, that is the greatest plow horse that I've ever had. I've never had a better one than that one. He's obedient, he's disciplined, he'll work all the day long and be happy and cheerful. And he takes the young calf and he yokes him with the perfect. Only the best one. And you say, well, why is that? Because Christ's yoke is just like this reality. You say, well, how can I keep all the laws and all the commandments? It's too heavy. And the farmer would tell you, the little one's not even old. He's never, he's never bore the burden before. All he has to do is walk with the giant. Have you ever seen a massive? In fact, the house that I bought before I moved in had Belgian draft horses. How many have ever seen a big Belgian draft horse or a big, mighty, powerful draft horse? They're beautiful animal, full of nothing but thick muscle, made to pull and enjoy pulling. And I want you to see this big, beautiful draft horse. A little one sitting right up under him. Just you can't even hardly see him. And he's like, man, aren't we pulling it? Aren't we pulling it? It's kind of like the mouse and the elephant were going across the bridge. And the, and the mouse looked up at the elephant and he said, man, we're really shaking it, aren't we? We're shaking the bridge. And he's like, we sure are. But see, Jesus says, take my yoke. And what he's saying is, it's not your righteousness. You're taking my strength. You've got my righteousness. Just watch me. Just stay beside me. Yoke your life to me. Yoke your life with me. Walk with me. Walk in my shadow here. See how I live life. See how I deal with... Go down the list. How does Christ deal with guilt? What did he tell that young horse? Guilt. Failure. How would he deal with failure? How would he deal with expectations? How would he deal with unforgiveness? How would he deal with bitterness? How would he deal with anger? How would he deal with rage? How would he deal with anxiety, worry, fear? And that little whore, that little calf, is made to just sit with him and learn. Remember he said, come to me, that's the first thing. Second thing he said was learn of me. He's using the example of the plow horse. He's saying walk with me through life. Let me be a part of your life. See how I deal with unforgiveness. See how I deal with anger. 
And, and the first thing that that calf begins to learn is that massive, beautiful, strong oxen, how he listens to the master. You know, Jesus was the perfect, obedient son. He was one that would have no weight in life because he never, ever sinned. And he says, walk with him. What if I fail? He never fails. But I won't be able to pull the load. He'll pull the load. What if I mess up? He won't mess up. That's what it means by having his strength and righteousness. All I have to do is walk with him. What if I mess up? Keep walking. Keep doing his work. The master has work to be done. Quit stopping. Watch this horse. He don't stop. He's glorious. He keeps moving. His eyes are on the prize, right? He's moving and he's just plodding along and he's enjoying himself. What if I fail? It doesn't matter. Should I forgive? Wouldn't, wouldn't I? Should I be bitter? I wouldn't. Should I worry about what people think? I mean, I don't care. And just keep watching him. Keep walking with him. Keep behaving like him. And then eventually what happens is this calf begins to learn how to be obedient to the master's command. He doesn't look to the left or right. You know what a bad one will do? You'll harness him up and he'll take off running in another direction. And you'll say, man, what a terrible plow horse. But this one doesn't. He's our best. And he's always disciplined. He's always learning. He's always listening. He's always doing exactly... And man, that farmer just... Do you see the love that a farmer has? That animal is like, man, he's the greatest. He's the greatest horse I've ever had. Greatest uh, oxen that I've ever had. Whatever he has to pull the, the um, yoke. But then as he begins to learn, something amazing happens. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. When you look up that word easy, that word means it fits well. Means it fits perfectly. Means the yoke was handmade, custom fit for your neck. And see, here's the problem: people all around you, even people that are good people and mean the best, they're putting a yoke on your neck that doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Jesus makes a perfect yoke, and as you grow, He just keeps hand making them, keeps custom fitting them. And the whole purpose of that yoke is to put a little more weight on you, and a little more weight on you, and a little more weight on you. You say, well, I thought it all went away. No, he just said it's going to be light, and that word means it's going to glide. Weight. A good plow horse, and they just, you know, the master knows exactly how much to put on. The Bible says that God won't put more on you than you can bear. If God is the one leading your life, you're going to do all kinds of things for God. He's going to teach you how to carry the weight in there. I put three things that will happen with the weight in your life. Some weights will be removed because God never intended you to carry the weight in the first place. You carried it. He didn't want it there. When you take His yoke, He removes a lot of things. Secondly, some will be unnecessary. That's not necessary. That, you don't need that in your life. Just forget that. Guilt. What about guilt? I did some bad things. Yeah, but that's not necessary. You don't need to have guilt. What, I just forget about it? God, come on now. I've done some bad things. Yeah. I died for you. Well, I don't want that. I don't want to carry that yoke. I want to carry the guilt. Well, my yoke's easy. Carry whatever yoke you want to carry. 
I don't have to be angry anymore. No, you're getting ready to live in eternity and be the wealthiest person in the world. And not very much longer, we're going to be in this world. This life is like a vapor. So what are you angry about? I don't want to wear that yoke, God. I'm mad. You don't know what I went through when I was five years old. I know you went through a lot. But he's saying, if you want to carry that yoke, keep doing it. But my yoke is light and my yoke is easy. So if you don't want to carry it, take my yoke and give up the right to be mad. Give up the right to be angry. Give up the right to be bitter. Give up the right to have rage. But they hurt me. You hurt a lot of people too. You hurt him. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So some things are unnecessary. Some will be lightened. You'll go through some things and you'll say, I can't bear it. And he'll say, sure you can. You can. No, I can't. I cannot bear that. Trust me. How are you ever going to get strong enough to bear something and it be lightweight unless you... How are you ever going to bench press 300 pounds if you haven't done 200 yet? Bench press 200 a few times before you start going for 300. Jesus is building somebody that can walk through life. If you want to accomplish something for God, you know that God's not just going to clear the path and you're going to easily walk through. The enemy is going to fight you tooth and nail for your family, for your friends, for yourself. If God doesn't teach you to bear burdens and keep walking on cheerfully, how are you ever going to do anything for God? You say, but why don't you just take it all away? Because there's going to be sinners around you and you're going to be a sinner. He's got to teach you to bear the load and be cheerful. He's got to teach you to be a person that can do God's will through something. You say, well, I don't know about that. I got a hangnail one time. It was the worst hangnail that you've ever seen, brother. I sound like a professional wrestler. <laughs> but you know, around the world right now, they're going through something. America, we haven't had to go through some of those things yet. We haven't gone through some of those things. But we've got to learn to bear the burden and it be light. We've got to learn to go through some things and keep a smile on our face. Everything's okay, church. Everything's okay. He's teaching us to bear the burden. It'd be like, well, how do you go through that and be so happy? Because the burden's light. I don't know. I guess because I've got eternity with Christ and, and my life's as good as it can be and it doesn't matter how bad it is on earth. I've got the joy of the Lord in my heart. Yeah, I just walk right through it. But everybody else is upset. Carry that yoke if you want to, but I'm not. That's the last one. Sometimes you will learn carry easily as you grow. Things that 20 years ago you couldn't carry the weight, He's going to make you strong. And you're going to walk right through. You're going to walk through and you're going to be so strong, you're going to say, well, I'm not angry. Why am I not angry? 20 years ago that made me angry. It doesn't make me angry now. 20 years ago I had a right to be depressed. You don't have a right now. If you want to carry that yoke, carry it. But he doesn't want you to carry that yoke. His is easy. His is light. His is effortless. His is weightless. There's a lot of things, church, that God didn't intend us to carry. In fact, a lot of prayer time, let me tell you this, I'm closing here. Worship team can come up. A lot of prayer time should be unburdening. Let me know that. Prayer time should be unburdening your soul. Like, why am I so mad? 
Why am I so angry? Why am I so bitter? You know, what are the things that I put in my life that God does not want me to carry? And today, maybe you've never... In fact, stand with me this morning. I'm going to close here. What time is it? Oh, 12.10. Wow. 12.10. I plowed right through that like a workhorse. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to open up this altar. I'm going to close in a word of prayer. But if you've never given your heart to the Lord, your strength will be wasted. God will never be able to do anything through your life and you're alone without God. And you'll go into eternity without God. If you've never given your life to the Lord, you never put your neck under that yoke and said, God, I willingly take it. Walk through life with me. Today is your day. Don't turn it down. Because you may never get another chance. And church, if you're bearing too much, if when I talked about strain and stress, cracking, you're carrying the load the wrong way. You can be a Christian and carry too heavy of a load. How many know that? I'm just going to be honest with you here. I don't have any strain or any stress right now. You say, you have to. You're going through all kinds of things. People call you all the time. It's easy. (laughs) I hate to say that, but I've been through a lot. I've learned to be strong, and there's things that I've been able... There'll be things maybe one day that I can't. God has taught me just to walk through life happy. Walk through life joyfully. Walk through life and just bear the burden and keep on moving. Don't look back. Don't put your, somebody said today, don't put your hand, don't put your hand on the plow and look back. That's what Jesus said. Put your hand on the plow and let's keep moving forward. Let's keep doing things for God. Let's keep walking in His shadow. Let's keep our eyes on the prize. Let's take all the weights that hinder us, all the weights that weigh us down. And let's be light. Let's be happy. Let's know that eternity is right around the corner. Let's let the world know that we got everything going for us. You could be terminal right now and you're just right around the corner from eternity. And that's a joyful thing to be around the corner from eternity. I can't wait to be in the presence of the Lord. How many here can't wait to be with the Lord? I'm so excited. It's like I'm going to, it's, it's, it's about a million times better than going to Disney World tomorrow. He said, oh, Disney World, now you're talking. Oh, well, now you're saying something good. I'm talking about eternity and being with the Lord. I'm talking about all my troubles, all my tears, all my sorrows, all the sin, all of it gone. Presence of the Lord. I don't have a thing in this world to worry about. I'm almost there, church. You're almost there. Celebrate. Encourage yourself with these words. If you don't have that in your heart, if you're not yoked with Christ, do it today. If you are yoked with Christ, celebrate. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Take the weights and throw them away. Celebrate Him lightly. Keep your soul light. Don't let your soul get heavy. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, do that for your people, Lord. A year of jubilee, Lord. A year of celebration, Lord God. A year of freedom, Lord God. The yoke of the bondage of the enemy, Lord God, let it be snapped off our neck. Lord, let us walk in your shadow, your Lord, your beautiful and glorious strength, Lord God. We are perfect. We are righteous. We are forgiven. We are guiltless. Oh, yes, Lord God, we are blessed. We are favored. We are all of those things, Lord God. Let us know that. Thank you today, Lord. Bless your name.
Amen. We want to pray with you if you need prayer. have ever unburdened in Jesus' presence. Just strip it all down, Lord God. I'm not going to live in fear anymore. I'm not going to have anxiety anymore. The worse and the darker the world gets, the more I'm going to get excited because I'm comforting myself with the thought of meeting Him in the air. When I die, right around the corner, I'm in the presence of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Church, we have to live in that joy. The joy of the Lord. You say, man, I want to worry about all these things I can't change. Why? You can't change them and you already said you can't change them. Why live in them? Just be happy. Ignorance is bliss. I've been ignorant my whole life. It's okay. Somebody said something one day. Got back to my wife and she told me. He said, well, somebody said this about you. said, doesn't it make you mad? And I said, no, it really doesn't. Because 20 years ago, you would have wanted to fight them. I said, I don't really care now. I said, they're probably halfway right. My kids used to have this coach, a real good friend of mine, and uh, you always have parents that come up to them, and they're really mad, and they don't like the way you coach little Johnny. And so, uh, so the parents would come up to him, and I'd be standing there with him, and they'd say, hey, I don't like the way you did this, and I don't like the way you did that. He'd say, they just walk off. Oh, and the frustration. Church, the accuser of the brethren, he's going to say all kinds of things to you to discourage you and get you down. Some of you guys are going to take the bait. Some of you are going to say, I'm not going to get me down. I'm not going to get me down. I'm not going to carry weight that God didn't want me to carry. I'm not going to carry guilt. I'm not going to carry shame. I'm not going to carry unforgiveness, anger, bitterness. I'm going to walk through this life. I'm going to have the joy of the Lord, and it's going to be my strength. I'm going to walk through things that people never thought I could walk through. I'm going to do the work of the Lord in the middle of the worst times. I'm going to keep plowing. I'm going to have blinders on my eyes. not going to look to the left. not going to look to the right. I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize. Praise the Lord. Lord, right now, anoint your people, Lord God. Let this word find a place in every heart. Let us stay close to you, Lord God, in your strength, Lord. In your name we pray. Bless them as they go, Lord. We thank you for them. In your name we pray. Amen.